So, Wall Street has housed more white-collar criminals who are walking around freely than probably most other places in the world, believe it or not. But what exactly are white-collar criminals? They're more often than not people who hold high-level positions in fucking large companies or corporations, and then they find a way to steal money from that company in order to benefit themselves or for, you know, a small inner circle that they've uh, assembled around them. Now, Wall Street executives earned more money just from their bonuses, take that in, just from their fucking bonuses last year, than the total earnings of all full-time minimum wage workers in the United States put together. So in other words, if you do the math, that's a total of $27 billion just in bonuses. And let's not forget their yearly standard salaries too, right? So just to give you some perspective, that's eight times the GDP of Somalia. Eight times. That's fucking ridiculous. I mean, and this idea that people have about most Wall Street bankers being criminals is 100% spot on. I mean, there's no other way to dispute it. I, I mean, as we go further into this, you're going to see that I'm going to talk about some of the biggest scams ever pulled on Wall Street, but those are just the people who got caught, right? What about the people who got away with shit that any other person in any other industry would never in a million years be able to get away with? Wall Street is, in many cases, a license to steal. Now, usually I would just say that, that it isn't as simple as getting a job as a banker or securities manager and then pulling some scheme with an attempt to get away with, you know, whatever you're doing. But in a lot of cases with the right connections and, you know, support team of corruption around you, as long as you have the right backing behind you, that's what it is. I mean, the odds are, though, that if you're the one on the, old, the lower end of the, you know, that criminal food chain, so to speak, you're more than likely going to be uh, the one that's going to take the hit if the heat comes down, as they call it. Now, before we get into all that, I want to focus on what some bankers who asked to remain anonymous have said to me about Wall Street overall. So, yeah, you'll make good money. I mean, yes, you'll be networking, not always in the way that you think, but you'll be networking um, and you'll constantly be doing it. I mean, over time, you'll begin to question where your morals, values and your impacts on society have on the world compared to, you know, relative to the rest of us. So, I mean, on top of all that, your, your views on money will become entirely distorted as well. You'll become depressed over the fact that, you know, you didn't make as much as you expected in, in any given year. Meanwhile, what you made that year will be more than most people probably save in their entire fucking lives, right? Your perception of money just becomes completely distorted. And once it gets to that point, you'll realize that's when the greed and obsessiveness of a very luxurious life takes over. But you'll never get to where you want to get. And why is that? Because your living expenses will be so high that you'll always be chasing the idea of living that luxurious life while putting some savings aside at the same time. That's the idea you'll be chasing, but you won't get there. And that, in that particular thing, it's not just for Wall Street. It's also in general too, right? In general with people who have money in any business. But as with many other industries of business where people earn fucking ridiculous amounts of money, you'll always be chasing something that you can never attain, right? Your standard of, and that's because your standard of living will always be increasing as you go, you know, from buying one car to two cars to three cars to then a bigger house to then comparing yourself to others all the time. And every time you go out to eat to a restaurant, you'll see people who, you know, you'll feel inferior to just because, you know, they're worth more than you. Everything equates to money. And this is what I'm being told, right? And it's the exact opposite of what life should be about. I'm pretty sure most can agree. 
over time, you'll either get tired of the greed or you'll become so fucking encompassed by it that it literally will become... That, that's who you'll become. I mean, you'll lose your soul, you'll lose your morals or get very, like have very little morals left and you'll become so worthless that your morals probably won't even exist in some cases and your paranoia, now this is interesting, your paranoia will skyrocket out of fear that you're constantly being, you know, what they call played or being screwed out of some kind of deal of sorts, right? But I guess that's Wall Street, that's what it is. Um, let's put it this way. I mean, I, I've been told this, right? that uh, again by people that don't want to be named but there are a ton of narcissists and sociopaths in the business and quite frankly that in particular i don't need to be told to know that um so it, it, the table of wall street if you want to call it is a pretty ugly table now i'm not going to talk about you know the bernie madoff ponzi scheme or jordan belfort the wolf of wall street because we all know what happened there i'm going to talk about the people who pulled massive fraud and embezzlement on a super high level and got away with it completely. First off, believe it or not, we have the one and only Jeffrey Epstein. Now, this guy was smart, not only because he was essentially got away with a half a billion dollar scheme for decades, but because he was able to deceive investors across the country for so long. I mean, he manipulated stock prices. He gave false information about the company he was representing, which was, uh, was called Towers Financial Corporation. I mean, no matter what problems arose economically, he was always able to find a way to adjust and adapt to whatever condition him and the company, Towers Financial, were thrown into. But every single thing he was doing was fraudulent to the point where he didn't, he didn't even have a license to trade on Wall Street. Like that's, It got down to just the basics. He didn't have a license. But instead, what he did was he just placed his fake stock orders through licensed traders. It's insane how he got away with it for so long. I mean, he got away with it forever, actually. He got away scot clean in the lawsuits that, uh, that pertained to him a few years ago before he, before he died. And he was able to keep all the money he made from that scam, too. And then, putting him aside, we have the CEOs and the big bank executives of the 2008 financial crisis. Everyone knows there was a huge crisis in 2008. There have been tons of documentaries and a couple movie, major movies on him. And books all over the place written about it. So... After the financial crisis, once things started to calm down a little bit, but we're still pretty shitty, from the year 2009 and forward, 49 financial institutions paid various government institutions and private plaintiffs nearly $200 billion in fines and settlements. Now get this, even to settle those lawsuits, the executives of all 49 of these banks used the money of the shareholders, not the bank's actual money in which they have way more of, but they use shareholders' money to pay out all their lawsuit settlements. And so not a single dollar came out of the accounts of the actual banks themselves, which is insane, because the settlements were levied and targeted towards the corporations from the people that were suing, right? Not the, they weren't targeted towards the executives or you know, the employees themselves. And to make things even better, the banks used all of this as a write-off. Everything they paid out they used as a write-off towards what they called a corporate expense. Now, if that isn't a license to steal or get away with shit without anybody going to jail, aside from paying fines that they can afford, I don't know what is. And not only that, but to top it all off, Jamie Dimon or Dimon, whatever, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, this guy received a 74% increase in his yearly salary. 74% just weeks after the final settlement was over. 
I mean, it, it brought his yearly salary to a whopping $20 million per year. Now, why, do th- why does shit like this even happen? And I'll tell you why. Because big banks and government are so intertwined and they hold so much leverage over one another in so many different ways that it's very often in the interest of both sides to not keep attacking one another, mainly for economic and political reasons. And if they do attack one another, they'll only take it so far, it, which it, it does make sense, right? Now, this last subject I want to talk about or, you know, quote unquote, person or group that got away with everything is actually not one individual, but rather pretty much the executives of HSBC. Literally, like HSBC, the the corruption and money laundering run rampant in this company, and yet nobody's been arrested so far for the money laundering side of things, and I'll get into that shortly. HSBC seems to be constantly tied into a string of corruption and fraudulent work, and they oddly seem to be the bank that is always knee-deep in some kind of association with known criminal organizations, not just on a domestic level, but on a global level. So let me put it this way. According to a report filed by the U.S. Senate, the bank had laundered billions of dollars from Mexican drug cartels, and they violated international sanctions by doing business with pariah states. And pariah states are countries that the rest of the world considers to be outcasts to the international community because they're just so corrupt or, you know, they don't take care of their people or whatever the case, right? Now, HSBC also helped a Saudi bank with direct links to Al-Qaeda transfer money into the United States, according to this uh, United States Senate report. And when it comes to the cartels, the cartels were depositing so much money through HSBC that the cartels themselves designed special cash boxes to fit HSBC's deposit window. Just think about that. HSBC let them des- design special cash boxes to fit through the window when going you know, to deposit cash through the bank tellers at banks. And drug lords have been caught saying on wiretaps that HSBC is the place to launder money. The thing about all of this is that the U.S. Senate found all of this kind of behavior to be way too reoccurring and too systematic to just be, you know, coincidences. So what happened next was that criminal charges were filed, but against HSBC, not against the executives or the employees themselves. And so no actual human being was prosecuted. Charges were filed against the company, but not against any person think about that this i mean this style of criminality happens all the time and it exists even today to think that it doesn't happen now is complete horseshit so the system itself is so rooted and it's filled with corruption that it's like a way of life for the people in this line of work in in wall street you know the words corruption and big banking they don't really have a different meaning to them there's so much of it going on that it's not even decipherable to them it's a fucking lifestyle And not only that, but the truth is that corporations are created to shield and limit individual liability, which a lot of people know about, but a lot of people don't know how far of an extent you can take that. And so by just having a corporation, that is the entity in itself. And yet most people still tend to sue corporations in lawsuits because of the fact that as much as the people who are suing want to go after specific individuals in some cases, they know that they're actually going to get more money by going after corporations. It'll just be more rewarding when it comes to the payout, uh, assuming that they win the case, right? But while all of this is happening, it still costs uh, taxpayers and investors more money in the long term 
to go through all of these processes, right? So without dragging this on for too long, at the end of the day, nothing has changed overall in the banking business. And how could it? Or why should it? Right? People complain about it, but what are they going to do about it? Things could be done, but it would have to be taken to the highest levels of power for that even to even happen. And frauds, big or small, still happen to this very day. And people get away with shit all of the time. Just like they always have and they always will. People will get caught, but people will get away with things too. Oftentimes, people are held accountable by the government just for appearance sake, right? They'll hold hearings and, you know, congressional hearings and senatorial hearings and all that just for the sake of appearing like they're doing something. And people only get caught, and I say that carefully, you know, with air quotes, only when it benefits one side or the other whether there's an internal agenda going on or whatnot, they're not really fighting for the people. And it's unfortunate, but, I mean, that's the way things are. So, without, again, like I said, without dragging this on for too long, I hope I've helped uh, awaken some people or have some people realize and understand uh, what's been going on with the banking world because nothing's changed. And as much as people would say, you know, certain policies and laws have changed, the overall, yes, it has, but the overall concept of itself, it hasn't changed whatsoever.